0: We're going to be trying something new this week, guest hosts. This is going to be the first of many collaborations with Drs. Sanj Kaciel and Jordan Feingold, both of ThriveRx. Sanj is making his third appearance on the podcast. He's a radiologist, author, coach, and student of positive psychology. He discovered positive psychology as an attending, whereas Jordan discovered it as an undergrad, and both have master's degrees in it. She's currently a second-year psychiatry resident at Mount Sinai and is already extremely accomplished. In fact, she just published her first book, Choose Growth, a workbook for transcending trauma, fear, and self-doubt. They discovered each other and have been collaborating ever since. So today they're going to be talking about how to flourish in our lives, not just survive, not just keep our head above water, and not just make it through the day. How to Really Thrive. This episode is an introduction to the work they do in positive psychology and will be the first in a series of episodes. So without further ado, Dr. Jordan Feingold and Sanj Kaciel. Welcome to the Physician's Guide to Doctoring, a show by me, Dr. Bradley Block, and this is a practical guide for practicing physicians where we interview experts in and out of medicine to find out everything we should have been learning while we were memorizing Krebs Cycle. And now a word from this week's sponsor, Laurel Road.
1: Since I had my son, paying down my med school debt has become my top priority. I remember holding him in my arms for the first time, looking into his beautiful little face and just wanting the best future for him. With the Laurel Road student loan cashback card, my regular purchases earn me 2% cashback when I use it to pay down my student loans, which helps me reach my goals faster and plan for my family's future. Laurel Road for doctors, banking insights and benefits uniquely designed for doctors. See laurelroad.com slash doctor checking for full terms and conditions. Laurel Road is a brand of KeyBank NA, member FDIC. All right. Hello, and welcome to Physician's Guide to doctoring, typically hosted by Dr. Bradley Block. But today we are taking things a little bit rogue and he has given us the honor of co-hosting the show. My name is Jordan Feingold and I'm delighted to be joined by Sanj Katyal, who has been on the show before. Hi, Sanj.
2: Hey, Jordan. Great to be here.
1: Great to be with you.
2: So, yeah, I've been uh, I've been uh, on Brad's podcast a couple of times over the last three to four years, and it's been a great experience. So happy to uh, guest host here with you.
1: Fabulous. I'm delighted to be here for my debut on Physician's Guide to Doctoring. And today we'll be talking about our work in positive medicine and what that means and orient our listeners to hopefully what will be the first of a few episodes on this topic of positive medicine. So I know listeners have heard from you before, but why don't we just start off with brief introductions. Sanj, you want to kick us off?
2: Sure. Um, So my name is Sanj Kadyal. I'm a practicing radiologist um, and I'm certified in positive psychology. I've uh, got certifications um, in positive psychology and positive psychology coaching back in 2012 and um, have been uh, working uh, in this space. Uh, while practicing uh, radiology as well, Um, just, you know, mainly trying to understand the principles of positive psychology for myself, and then uh, kind of as a natural extension, help others uh, in the field um, really learn how to practice uh, medicine, and really in their personal life, um, live with a little bit more fulfillment. I think, uh, you know, when I, when I came about, um, this search, I was kind of a little bit lost. I had, I had really followed the roadmap that was set out for all physicians, you know, get into med school, get into a good residency, get a good attending job and, um, you know, make money and, and everything will kind of flow naturally from there. Right. And, uh, what I found is that wasn't really true. Um, you know, I was, I was uh, not as content as I thought I should be for what I had achieved in life. And um, and I really began to worry that if I couldn't figure out how to be more fulfilled and joyful when things were that good, how was I gonna deal with kind of natural ups and downs of life as they happened? And uh, that that question kind of uh, propelled me to, to dive into philosophy, um, You know, organizational leadership, business principles, psychology. And so I eventually stumbled on positive psychology uh, through a book I read by Tal Ben Shahar, who um, is a positive psychologist and has written many great books. But uh, his book, Happier, was really the first analytical approach to happiness that I found. And uh, I loved it and uh, asked him where I could learn more. And he invited me to apply to his fellowship that he was running. And uh, So that's kind of what I did. And and the rest is kind of history,
1: so. So you went through all of your medical training, were so deeply entrenched in this field, and then came to positive psychology while in practice and living as as a father and a husband and beyond just your career in medicine, but really as a whole human being, trying to integrate these concepts into your life and then transmit them to others.
2: Yes, that's exactly right. And so, you know, and, you know, it's a whole different uh, uh, set of conditions when you're, when you're, you know, you've got, I have four kids and, you know, I was dealing with, you know, all the, all the issues of uh, parenting while trying to find kind of professional fulfillment and, uh, and, uh, you know, personal uh, satisfaction. And so it was, it was, was a lot kind of going on at one time, but I think a lot of that is uh, sometimes that's kind of needed to propel you to to do something different than we're taught to do. Um, Now, I know in your case, Jordan, that uh, you, which I wish I had done, found positive psychology much earlier in your life, right?
1: So I feel very fortunate about this to have come into medical school having already studied positive psychology. So my story is obviously a little bit different. So I'm currently a resident physician. I'm in my PGY2 year at this present recording in psychiatry in New York City. And I went to college knowing I was pre-med. I've always wanted to be a doctor. Well, always since high school biology, I loved science as a young person. And I had this mission in life. I really wanted to help people be healthy and and happy too. I suspected I might do something in pediatrics or adolescent medicine where I could work with young people and help them in identity formation and building healthy habits. And as I was getting ready to apply to medical school and growing more excited and wide-eyed about the, the possibility of my future... I was an undergraduate at UPenn and I discovered that there was this whole field, positive psychology, that was focused on helping humans flourish. And it wasn't until I actually discovered that positive psychology was about this whole side of the life experience that is about strengths and that which is already working and building more of it that I discovered that in medicine, this career I'd always seen for myself, what we're really focused on is getting rid of the bad stuff, getting rid of disease and dysfunction and treating illness. And it's really not necessarily about helping people achieve health as something more than the absence of disease. And so I pivoted and instead of going right to medical school from college, which I was planning on doing, I applied to the masters of applied positive psychology program at Penn where I happened to be an undergrad and where the field of positive psychology was founded back in the late 90s. And I spent that whole year, it's a one-year program, and I spent that whole year really thinking about applications of positive psychology in medicine and healthcare. And I didn't know you yet, Sanj, but we had come to very similar conclusions that the if we're gonna help our patients be healthier and happier, I think we both discovered that we need to start with clinicians because we are experiencing, even before COVID, we were experiencing a pandemic of clinician burnout and professional dissatisfaction and moral injury among healthcare workers that has we've only seen getting worse in the last couple of years since the onset of the pandemic. And as we emerge from this pandemic, what we're realizing is that there was really this parallel pandemic of clinician dissatisfaction. And I think both of us are very driven to intervene and help clinicians not only survive through our work, but really find meaning and connect with our sense of accomplishment and purpose, and even joy in our workplaces and lives more broadly.
2: It's a great synopsis of where we are right now, I think, in medicine. Uh, You know, one of the things that I think is really important and a driving force, I think, in the work that you and I do together with ThriveRx, which we can get to, is is this um, need to keep good people in the good profession of medicine. You know, uh, I think uh, a natural reaction to discontent that people feel in medicine is to say, well, I just want a way out. Get me me out of here. Um, You know, I want to do something else. Grass is always greener. That whole... uh, You know, uh, cliche, uh, but it's. I think it's really important to understand the benefits of 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 positive psychology and evidence based um, research findings. Is that you can take those findings, apply them, and really improve the the trajectory of your personal and professional uh, life, um, rather than just kind of following a default path that society or the whatever. Traditional um, uh, pathways of medicine provide to you.
1: It's so true, and I think so. One of the one of the big tenets of what we teach is this false dichotomy between the systemic drivers of professional dissatisfaction and the individual drivers, and what's actually in our control as individuals, and how we can help equip those people from within medicine and within the field with knowledge and evidence base and very practical skills of how to protect ourselves and promote our own thriving. Because we know that the most profound drivers of dissatisfaction are not a lack of resilience or a lack of personal strength to meet challenges. They're really the the way that our healthcare system is designed, the constraints that are placed on doctors, the limited, the more limited time we have with patients, documentation burdens, payment structures. They're they're not um, these are not necessarily things that we can change just by thinking differently or reorienting our mindset. However, there are a lot of things that we can do and this, I think we really try to straddle the intersection of where the systems and individuals meet because there are so many things we can do to reprioritize, shift our values, spend less time focusing on low value tasks that sort of help people reorient uh, from within these systems and acknowledging that if we can stay in this field, change really does start from within the system, I think. um, And this is my experience that doctors and healthcare professionals don't want sort of external people who don't know what we've been through and don't know what this training and practice uh, setting is like to come in and say, just just change your mindset, because that's never going to work. But as fellow physicians and healthcare workers and other, we work with other clinicians as well, we really understand what things are like from the inside and can meet people where they're at in terms of what some of the systemic barriers are and help us find what is actually in our control to modify and change from within and and get as much satisfaction as we can from within this field of medicine, which is one of the best careers out there.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree. So for the audience that may not be familiar with positive psychology um, and uh, positive medicine as a, as a new paradigm, um, could you maybe give a brief kind of description of what what is positive psychology and more broadly what what is
1: positive medicine? Absolutely. So positive psychology is the scientific study of well-being and human flourishing. It looks at what one of the founders of the field, Christopher Peterson, calls the part of the positive experience metaphorically north of neutral. And I love that. So um, just getting rid of that, which is wrong with us may lead us to like zero on the metaphorical life number line. But positive psychology is about getting us from zero to that positive 10. So it looks at things like positive relationships, positive institutions of which ideally healthcare can be one in the future, uh, positive character strengths. And virtues and things like gratitude, positive affective states, vitality, accomplishment, all of these good things. And it doesn't just talk about these things in theory, it actually measures them and studies how, how humans function optimally and what are some of the ingredients for flourishing. So this paradigm in psychology was introduced by Dr. Martin Seligman and, and his colleagues when Marty was president of the American Psychological Association in 1998. And he ushered in this new era of positive psychology, which led to a whole expansion around the globe of research in, in these areas. And when I had the privilege and honor of studying under Marty in the MAP program at Penn, I devoted that year to really thinking about how we can apply positive psychology principles more broadly in the field of medicine and healthcare. It's actually in the World Health Organization Constitution in the preamble from 1946 or 48 that says the presence of health is more than just the absence of disease or infirmity. And it's really about social well being and whole person well being. And yet, that is just so ambitious in terms of where we actually are in everyday medical practice. So like I alluded to, when thinking about the vast applications of positive psychology and medicine, I think one of the most immediate applications is to help healthcare workers thrive and help doctors and nurses and therapists and all, all the clinicians who are patient-facing to bolster our own well-being on par with and in service to optimal patient care. So I describe positive medicine as a paradigm shift within our field that posits our our field of medicine as one that aims not just to cure disease, which is of course incredibly important, but to promote mm-hmm. the thriving of our population. It starts with an evidence-based map forward for healthcare workers to prioritize our own health and well-being to because one, because we deserve it, but two, because it will help us give better care to our patients. And it ideally will promote health as something and really think about research and, and constructs that look at health as something more than just the absence of disease. We can get rid of hypertension. We can get rid of diabetes. We can treat all of these things, but where does that leave us if we're not focusing on, on what health is beyond just the absence of that, which afflicts us.
2: Yeah, no that's that's a great that's uh, a great overview and I think you know in retrospect when I when I was kind of searching for answers to um, you know the, the discontent that, that I felt as an attending and basically having getting, gotten everything that I sought out to get in my life, I think that one question I was really looking for, I didn't know it at the time was, you know, I didn't want to just function. I wanted to know how to flourish and I think that's what you're talking about, right? The absence of burnout does not equal wellness. Right, and yet all of our, all of our, um, at least ninety percent of the stuff that's out there is basically trying to get rid of burnout. Right, and and I think of positive psychology in a very simplistic terms. So traditional psychology takes somebody who's not functioning well at all, like a minus five or minus six, and tries to get them to a zero or plus one. If you're lucky. Mm-hmm positive psychology says, well, that's fine. We need that. But what about the person that's functioning? Okay. Getting to work, maybe getting to their kids activities, going out to dinner on the weekends, but, but really living far below their potential uh, to experience life. Um, And let's take those people from a plus one and move them to a plus seven. And I think we, we really need both areas of focus. And um, that's, that's why, uh, the collaborating with you and the work we we're doing with ThriveRX, I think, is so important because it's it's we deserve better than just being able to function. Yeah. Uh, right. After all the work we put in, um, and our patients, frankly, deserve better from us as well.
1: Absolutely. I I think having come to this work before actually going to medical school, I was totally struck by. The lack of a psychological orientation that we have in medical training and medical education more broadly, that these are not things that come up in the standard medical curriculum. And we don't learn about things like, for example, the negativity bias, which maybe we can explain for listeners, which is just part of our human evolution, that we, our brains developed to over attend to negative experiences. Of course, our Mm -hmm. evolutionary ancestors living on the Savannah, if they did not attend the immediate threats in their environment, they would not survive to reproduce and pass on their genes. So, you know, the the wide-eyed, looking around, Folks would be eaten or die by natural disaster before they had a chance to survive. So, today, even though our lives are much less stressful in terms of real threats to our survival on a day to day basis, we can go to the grocery store for food. We have life is so much easier overall than it was when our brains evolved. Our brains haven't caught up with our cultural evolution, such that now threats like, you know, feeling ostracized on social media or seeing that dirty dish in the sink or getting an ambiguous email from our supervisor, all of those things can activate our nervous systems, just like that saber-toothed tiger did for our ancestor on the savannah. So medicine, which is so much about characterizing a chief complaint, getting rid of disease, finding that which is immediately threatening to our patients, it recapitulates that negativity bias and makes us as clinicians really masters of threat detection and embracing negativity. And I think that has real consequences for us as we move out of the doctor hat and just into our human lives.
2: Yeah, no, there's no question. One of the things I loved about positive psychology is understanding the mind and the evolutionary wiring that is our mind. Um, you know, the, I think, just to expand on what you said briefly, is, you know, we, our minds are, are wired to search constantly for opportunities and threats, no matter what they are out there. And so we spend our lives kind of living like firefighters, right? Each day kind of just differing in the size of the fire we're trying to put out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a very um, tedious uh, way to live. And I think probably most people live that way. Um, and uh, so understanding evolutionary wiring, um, like the negativity bias, understanding uh, things like hedonic adaptation that we're Going to basically get used to everything in our lives that's constant because that's the way nature designed us to, right? We have to, things have to fade into the background that's that's always there so we can be ready for the new threat that comes our way. Um, but that has real consequences for physicians, right? Because your your you know dreams of making an attending salary quickly become part of your baseline, and then you're like off to the next thing, right? Dreams of retirement. And the cycle it really never ends. And so understanding those, those, uh, that uh, those traps, I think, is really important for physicians, particularly.
1: So we have created, and we keep alluding to ThriveRx, we've created a course together. When I discovered that Sanj existed, it was when I came across your website, Positive Psychology for Physicians.com, which we've since collaborated on. I was a third year medical student, I believe, when I came across the work you were doing. And at that time, I was separately teaching a course for medical students called Positive Medicine. And why don't, Sanj, maybe you can tell the listeners just briefly about how we came together and what we created and how folks can learn more about these principles in our course. And hopefully we'll talk more about them on the podcast too.
2: Sure. Yeah, it was it was great hearing from Jordan out of the blue uh, several years ago. Um, And, uh, you know, we had collaborated on uh, bringing uh, kind of our separate ideas and understanding of positive psychology and its applications to the field of medicine together. Um, And uh, what we really wanted to try to do was put together a course that we wish we had taken in med school and that was filled with practical evidence based. research guidance uh, that really we could take and immediately apply to our life it wasn't it wasn't uh, you know a bunch of kind of rah-rah platitudes and it wasn't a course on um, how to leave medicine this course is really designed for people to stay in medicine uh, become more fulfilled and uh, do better by their patients and also really by their kids because the you know the youth mental uh, health epidemic is, is really bad. And one of the things that, that we, we understand is if you can get to the parents, which you know a lot of physicians are parents, if you can get to them and teach them uh, some of these principles, the, they in turn can kind of uh, trickle down to their own kids and then it's kind of a nice cascade. Um, so ThriveRx it really focuses on three main pillars. Personal fulfillment, which is heavily based in, in positive psychology uh, research, and uh, some of the some of the best uh, practices that have been shown to, to yield really the greatest benefits, uh, we go into and uh, and and show you exactly how to do them, what they are, what they uh, what they've been proven to do. Professional fulfillment, Jordan alluded to organizational efficiency. Or the lack thereof, or systemic factors in medicine, professional fulfillment in that module, we talk about how to how to overcome some of those barriers um, and, and how to uh, set up your workflow so that you're functioning at the top of your licensure, basically doing only the things that you were trained to do and delegate the other stuff to uh or delete the other stuff. The the importance of that is that the two main things for professional fulfillment that we found in the research and in our own uh, experience with physicians the two main factors are meaningful interactions and high impact work now high impact work is is basically i think embedded in in everything that we do but a lot of physicians forget what that actually means on a day-to-day basis because we're just everything's just so muddled together with with you know low efficiency tasks and and clerical work that you forget the the actual reason that you're actually coming to work that day mm. and then the meaningful interactions that's why you need to have an efficient workflow because you you need to have you need to have time and you need to have energy for those interactions whether it's a cup of coffee with a physician in the lounge asking them about their kids or their family or it could be a hallway discussion with a technologist um, those things all contribute to, to a sense of professional satisfaction. And then the third, uh, I think, equally important module is financial independence, because too many physicians that we know are, are living paycheck to paycheck or stuck in a toxic work environment. That they can't leave because they, they um, uh, you know, they're just they don't have enough resources they're, They've they've overextended themselves. So there are a few very, very powerful principles and likewise few very, very costly mistakes to avoid on, on the road to financial independence. And we kind of go through that, lay it out, and um, and teach people how to, how to take some of their active income and convert it to passive income. And that kind of frees you up to, 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 to create the, the professional environment that you want to create. Um, rather than having it be created for you, so that's ThriveRX, I think, in a nutshell, from from my perspective, and uh, you know, I, I think it's a great course. It's seven and a half CME hours, and it's priced really just to cover the CME. Again, this course is designed. Uh, we're practicing physicians. We're not. This isn't a side gig for us. This isn't a um, a way out of medicine. This is a way to keep people in medicine, um, and that's why it's priced just to just to cover the CME costs.
1: Yeah. And I think we also really want to create community around this. And we've just come in contact with so many doctors throughout this process of teaching this course, which is fully online, but we're very accessible for the learners who want to take Thrive RX and engage with us and, and move from some of the asynchronous online learning to more interactive engagement. And they're just... I think one of the best parts of creating this course is hearing how folks are using the material, how they're bringing it back to their workplaces and integrating some of these evidence-based practices into their lives with their families, whether it's something as sort of simple as a gratitude practice that they've employed both at their own kitchen table and in their offices, or thinking about their writing their own obituaries and thinking about um, our own mortality and how knowing that we're not gonna be here forever can shift our priorities and, and make us think differently about the way we spend our time and, and live day to day. So I, I think we're nearing the end of our time for today, but I hope that we'll be back and can get into some of the weeds of the science. And we'll certainly put the link in the show notes, or we'll hope that Bradley is Dr. Dr. Bradley Block is able to help us with that. So folks who are interested in learning more about our course can can certainly check out our page.
2: So before we go, Jordan, one, one thing that I, I I have to tell you is that both me and my wife loved your book. Oh,
1: thank you. And
2: you know, we we, we talked, and my wife is a therapist at a local college here. And unfortunately, she is very busy right now. And, uh, you know, we talked about ThriveRx as a a practical um, implementation of a lot of positive psychology principles, but I think that's really exactly what your your book Choose Growth is. Um, So maybe could you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So I had the honor of co-authoring a book that came out in September 22 called Choose Growth, a workbook for transcending trauma, fear, and self-doubt. I co-authored it with the renowned Dr. Scott Barry Kaufman, who was my undergraduate positive psychology professor. He was the teacher who introduced me to the field in a really formal way before I decided I was going to go on and do the master's in positive psychology. And we've stayed very good friends and colleagues. And he wrote an amazing book called Transcend, The New Science of Self-Actualization, that came out in April, 2020. So literally as COVID was taking over the world. And because of that, it it talked about all of these, these really important concepts in humanistic psychology, which is the theoretical precursor to positive psychology. Folks may have heard of psychologists like Abraham Maslow and Carl Rogers, who are really pioneering humanistic psychologists and what his his publishers approached him a little bit into the pandemic and said, hey, can we people are really struggling. Can we turn your book transcend into a practical workbook for people to help them really help people where they're at in terms of really struggling with their basic human needs being thwarted? as so many of ours were during COVID. So he asked me to help him. And it was a a really amazing opportunity to translate a lot of these exercises and practices that I've been teaching physicians to a more general audience. It's a popular press audience, so anyone can benefit. And we go through our basic human needs. And each chapter has like four to six practices for people to engage with, some of which are highly overlapping with things we teach in the Thrive RX course to understand where we are in terms of our unmet needs and how to move forward to expand our comfort zones, to explore the world in more deliberate ways, and really to, um, to transcend some of the basic assumptions we have about the world that may not be serving us.
2: That sounds great. Look forward to, to more of these stories. Yeah, me too. It's been great to be with you. It's great
1: to be with you too. And thanks everybody. Thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day.
0: Thanks for listening to the Physician's Guide to Doctoring. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a positive review on your favorite podcast player. I'm also available for medical legal consulting and keynote speaking if you're interested or to just give us some feedback on the show, email me at brad at doctoring.com. I'll see you next week. The ideas expressed in this podcast are those of the interviewer and interviewee and do not represent those of their respective employers. Those in this podcast accept no liability for medical decisions based on the information herein. And as the radiologists like to say, clinical correlation is required. This is not medical advice. This does not constitute a physician-patient relationship. And if you have a medical problem, seek medical attention.